Okay, welcome back to the Mixed Bag uh, for the Ladies Podcast. I can't believe we're doing it, uh, but we are so back. Hi, Justin. Hello, Abby. You tried to get rid of me. I tried to reach out to you a couple months ago to schedule something. You ghosted me. I said we should get together. There's lots of fun stuff to talk about and recap, and you begrudgingly committed to a Sunday at noon that wouldn't disrupt all that you have going on. So here we are. Oh, I'm know. honored. I'm honored to be back. It's fun to be to get together again and catch up, talk all things women's golf, personal golf achievements or lack thereof. But you know, I'm like a bad penny. You try to you know kick me out, and I keep resurfacing. You know, I will say, like, you had a really busy year. You added a new responsibility to your plate in the high school golf team. And so I just wanted to make sure you still had the time and energy to give back. (laughs) Always have the time. Always have the energy. I am ready to go. Lots of good stuff. We've got a great agenda, a great mix of topics. Uh, I'm sure there'll be multiple laughs, some fun nuggets of information. So I am ready for liftoff here. Amazing. Well, if you are new to the mixed bag, welcome. It's a For the Ladies podcast where we talk about everything going on in women's competitive golf. So that might be the LPGA, the LET, which is the Ladies European Tour, and amateur women's golf. Um, And as always, we kick it off with some personal updates. So Justin, how catch me up. So obviously living here in beautiful Toledo, Ohio, we had a good fall. I was playing golf into November, played a couple times in December, and then the weather turned. Um, The last week or so, it's been nothing but rain or snow and clouds, but took about a five, six-day vacation to the Scottsdale area. Over Christmas, Steph and I played three times, had a great time. Uh, I'm a big fan of desert golf. I don't get to do it often. But I think when you haven't played a ton and you go play desert golf, it's a little more forgiving than, say, going to South Florida or some of the Carolinas golf courses. There's a little more room. Um, I don't think the the desert scape is as intimidating as hitting it into a pond or a condo like you might see in Florida. But we played great. My big takeaway and recommendation from that was uh, right near Scottsdale or Old Town is a par three course called Mountain Shadows. It's gotten a little bit of social media buzz in the past. Some, there's a skins game there that some Corn Ferry and PGA Tour and LPGA Tour players play in. But it's an mm. 18 hole par three, all par three course right near Camelback Mountain, Mountain Shadows. A lot of fun. We've played it twice the last time we were out there and this time. Highly recommend for players of all abilities. So. That's the uh, the vacation golf update. Amazing. Uh, I am going on vacation golf in March, going to Sarasota. So, should be good. Mm. See your dad, little father-daughter yeah. time. Yeah, exactly. That'll be nice. Ho- hoping to get to place uh, Cabot Citrus Farms. I need to, I know, I to weasel my way. Awesome. Yep. Saw some stuff on that this week for some guys at the PGA show. That looks awesome. I have my annual Mississippi Gulf Coast trip coming up in about four weeks. So oh. three rounds of golf, lots of, you know, consumption of adult beverages and gambling. So more, uh, I think it's more of a gambling alcohol consumption trip than golf, but it's kind of the kickoff to our season. We got 24 guys going down. So 
How does that be, fit yeah. into your fitness journey? Um, it doesn't fit in very well. My fitness journey is off to a great start. Um, I am not drinking for the month of January. I'm sleeping okay. incredibly well. Um, getting up every morning and working out before work, which was always a struggle for me as I'm not naturally an early riser. So, but the non drinking has really uh, helped me. And I feel great today on this Sunday, and my wife doesn't. So, you know, joke's on her. So, oh yeah, gosh. fitness and journey. Yeah, yeah. The golf trips don't help the fitness journey, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like I mentioned at the top, you know, you, you had a busier year because high school golf is now coach Cruz is, is very important. Um, so what's the latest there? Coach Cruz, we're trying to hit it hard, trying to get, we're going to be a very young team next year. We also might be the smallest team in stature and body mass, um, (laughs) small young men. So we're trying to get them to work out, trying to get them into the high school fitness center. There's a lot of pushback on that. Um, We've had two kind of range sessions at the, you know, heated covered bays where you're hitting outside. We did that. And then on MLK Junior Day, we took everyone to a simulators, rented out some simulators, so had a little fun doing that. So we've gotten together three times kind of since Thanksgiving. So probably the weather breaks again and we get a, you know, 30 plus 40 degree day. We'll probably go back to the simulators, but we're, uh, it's a journey. It'll be a journey until August 1, and we'll see what we have with the uh, the golfing Ottawa Hills Green Bears here for 2024. What wow. about yourself? I see some notes about you want to get into competitive golf again. Well, I'm not. it's not even again. I think it's just in general. I would like to try – So. I would like to try to qualify for some event, even if I don't get in, I would like to play in a qualifier for an event. Um, I think that through the Carolinas Golf Association, some of it is just like you might get into an event because your handicap index is of a certain eligibility. Um, But, you know, I don't know. I just think it'd be nice. (laughs) Something to work for because otherwise I'm just like playing golf. I totally think this is a great goal for you. I think you should try to play in like a state AM, state mid AM, or a local city or regional type event. You're yeah. a good enough player. You had talked, there was big talk, I feel like last year about you playing in the USGA mid AM qualifier. I think you even signed up and then your caddy dropped out, which I don't know how that's relevant to you participating. And then you didn't drop out. Or you dropped out. Is that accusation? No, that's all all correct. You nailed it. So um, this year we're going to get past just signing up. Okay. So you did, you signed up, you were prepared to play. You probably got a tea time. And then the individual that was going to caddy for you said, I can't do this. You freaked out and didn't participate. That's a hundred percent accurate. And hopefully that's some, you know, hashtag relatable content for people. (laughs) I think that's kind of like when people first go, and I can relate to this, like you first go back to the gym, maybe the first day you just kind of like look around, get a feel of the scene. Like for you to get into competitive golf, your first step was to pay the entry fee. Now your next is to pay and then play. So we're easing it. We're dipping the toes. 
That's right. That's exactly it. Um, So yeah, it's something to work toward. We joined a course down here. So like I I should be held accountable. I'm going to go play today. Um, So it's going to be fine. Yeah, I believe in you. I'm a big advocate of playing in something competitive, regardless of abilities, whether that is a, you know, net event, a club event, a a league. I think it's good to to test your skills in uncomfortable situations. I say that to the high school kids a lot. You know, you might be able to go out and shoot in the in the mid 80s with your dad or your grandpa or your boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. But go out and play a real event where you got to put the ball in the hole and golf becomes a totally different sport. A hundred percent. So that's some personal goal. Um, and then, yeah, I just got back from the PGA show, which is in Orlando, Florida. It's a golf industry, like trade show where PGA professionals and golf merchandisers go and shop for their golf shops. Um, but there's a bunch of other things going on. They do like educational seminars. Um, so I spoke on one of those panels uh, just talked about what we're doing at For the Ladies and how we can get more people into the game. So that was awesome. Um, and yeah, lo- looked around for some like gifts for all of our events this year. So um, so yeah, from a For the Ladies perspective, just got to give a few updates. We launched our golf getaways to Sand Valley and Cabot Cape Breton. Um, there's a few spots left for each of those. And, you know, from my perspective, like it, it we jam pack as much as we can into it. So a lot of your meals are included, rounds of golf, caddy fees, accommodations, um, gifting, like it's all in the package. And, you know, we, we going to these events, it is a an expense and investment for sure, but we do try to include as much as we can. So you get some good bang for your buck. Um, yeah. And then we, and if you looked at all on your Instagram, no, I was say, if you looked at all on your Instagram, their first class events at first class places, you do an awesome job of putting them together. Great swag, um, great social content. So credit to you, credit to the golf facilities for helping you put these all together. But Really awesome stuff and great opportunities out there for players of all abilities. I think that's important that you've always pointed out that they are a very welcoming environment. You don't have to come down and be a, a player of Abby's caliper to enjoy yourself. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, and then we also have um, an Aaron Hills um, Academy trip. So this is multiple days of like golf instruction, but also includes um, some fittings with Titleist. Um, and of course, like all the other trips, like accommodations, food, it's over mother's day. So maybe you and your mom can come and do it together. Um, and that I'm really excited for. It's much more limited in the availability. So we, we do have a few spots left and I hope we get some people to sign up, but, um, that that's it from the, for the ladies updates, we should get into the 2024 season. So we're going to talk about mostly professional golf today. Um, and the first two weeks of the LPGA are underway. The first week, um, Lydia Co won the Hilton Grand Vacations Tournament of Champions. Um, and I think like the oh, a thing of note is that she only needs one more point now to make the LPGA Hall of Fame. Uh, but did you tune into this? I did. I like this event. I like Lake Nona. It's a good golf course. Um, a lot of PGA, LPGA pros reside there. There's a lot of familiarity. I don't mind the celebrity aspect of this event. I don't think it's um, forced down your, you know, your throat like some of the 
PGA Tour celebrity type events like the Pebble Beach event used to with Bill Murray. I think they do a better job of sticking to the golf, showing Annika, showing some of the the celebrities that are better players. But I like this event. I've always said I think this is a good kickoff event to the season. It's it's funny. I guess it's January in Orlando. The weather never seems to be ideal or super warm. No. But I think this is a fun event. I mean, good leaderboard. Alexa Pano plays well. You have top tens from Brooke, Charlie, you know, Rosang. I mean, and Lydia Co wins. I think if you're the LPGA, and I, I made a note of this later in our agenda, you know, when the, when they have events and their schedule, we can criticize their schedule for various reasons. But when they have events, the stars, you know, show up. This week's another example of that. And yep. you know, it's a good leaderboard. It's a good event. It's a good starting event and reward for players that had a good season the previous year. Yeah, for sure. And it was a good leaderboard, as you noted. Um, Alexa Pano played well. She's the one who was in the short game, then the short film by Justin Timberlake. Um, and also just a good good leaderboard with Brooke Henderson, Charlie Hall, Rose Zhang all up there. And we're, we're kind of going into that a little bit this week um, with the LPGA Drive-On Championship at Bradenton Country Club. As I'm looking at my phone because the tournament's not concluded yet. The leaders just teed off. Um, and Nellie Corda is still leading by three over Megan Kang um, and by four over Lydia Ko. It's another pretty solid leaderboard. Also, uh, Gemma Driver finished, I think, maybe like top 15 last week, and she's T5 this week. So I'll be curious how her season goes, especially since it's a Solheim Cup year. But another great week on the LPGA. Yeah, again, this is, you know, another iteration of the drive-on events. I think these events are are nice to fill gaps in the schedule, create another sure. Florida event before the, you know, Asia swing. Um, you know, I think they're kind of one-off events as we've seen in the past. They're not necessarily played at the same facilities, moved around, but again, you're you're looking at a potential where the LPJ starts their season with Lydia Ko winning an event and then Nellie Corda winning an event. I mean, if you're in leadership, if you're in marketing, if you're trying to promote a tour, I mean, those are two of your biggest stars, biggest names. And I think Nellie, with the publicity she got playing in the, the Grant Thornton event, just her demeanor, who she is, her name, her family. Yeah. I think, you know, her success is really important for the LPJ tour. I think it's really important for American golf and women's golf as a whole. So I hope she yep. gets a win early in the season and maybe that frees her up for another, you know, four, five, six win season. That'd be that would be awesome. Yeah. Just like uh twenty twenty two big bit was a big year for her. Yep. Um and then sadly, and I don't personally feel like talking about the schedule because it's just like not getting any better, um, but the LVJ is on a break until the end of February and they are on the, they begin the Asian swing, which a lot of players won't even play in because it's expensive to get over there, et cetera. Um, so we get these two weeks. It's a bit of a tease because we are pretty much on break until mid-March. Any comments? <laughs> Um, I think the graphics that we see on Instagram and X about the flying requirements and the travel requirements of the LPGA are all the yep. comments we need to make. It's, uh, it's not easy to put tournaments together. It's not easy to find sponsors. I totally understand it, but it's, uh, it's a disjointed schedule, especially when you look at, like we said, 
you go Lydia Ko, Nelly Corda, that builds some momentum and then you don't play for a month. Yeah, exactly. Well, we're going to move on to the Ladies European Tour, which admittedly, I feel like I did not pay much attention to last year. So it's a bit, it's more of a goal of mine to keep an eye on it this year uh, because it does give us some insight when we get to those major championship weeks of who is playing well on the European side. Um, I know you paid much more attention to it. So, but I think uh, just to share the season for them, we'll kick off at the magical Kenya Open, which is just like an, an amazing name on February 8th. And the defense champion is Aditya Shock, who um, she made a good run at the last Olympics um, and, and has had some good showings on the LPGA tour. Yeah, I think I like the LET. I understand they play in some very unique places. The yeah. purses are limited. It, it seems to be there's players that you're either, you know, is Epson a better route? Is the LET a better route? But Aditya Shook had a good year on the LPGA tour, played very well in Europe. Lynn Grant, I think you see some players that get some momentum playing some of these LET events and can maybe springboard to the LPGA Tour success in the um, in the Solheim Cup. It's just it's a very odd tour. Just from you know they have events and they even have an event in the U.S. They have events you know all over the world, but they also have the Saudi backed Aramco series events that have massive purses so for instance the first event the magical kenya open has a prize fund of 300,000 euros the next week there's an aramco uh saudi event that lydia co won last year where the yeah. prize fund is yeah. 5 million euros so again 5 million is very high for them but every aramco event is over a million and most of the typical LET events are around that 300,000 euros. So, again, it's just it's a tour that's all over the place in geography, all over the place in terms of sound and, you know, location. So, you know, but it's on the follow. They have a lot of interesting events, a good list of winners from last year. So I'm a fan of the LET. It definitely has its place in women's golf and opportunity, but it's a unique operation. Yep. Yep, I, that that about covers it. Um, so to continue for, with our 2024, just kind of like preview again, like I'm just not that interested in like previewing the schedule, but I think what, what is fun to talk about is the major championships for this year and would love for us to kind of just make our picks. I'm My goal, I'm going to keep this document live and I'm going yes. to keep the major picks in the document so we don't forget. <laughs> yeah, we have 10 picks, five majors. I bet our over under is one and a half. And I'm going to take between the, the two over. Of us. I think we, between the two of us, out okay. of these 10, I think we hit two. Okay. Okay. So, I love it. You want to lead well, us off? Yes. Um, so we have, we'll kick off the major season at the Chevron Championship, which is at the club at Carlton Woods again. Um, and my pick was Nellie Corda. I think if she keeps up this hot streak, I mean, I know that like a, like we just talked about, there is a big break, but I kind of see it as a place where she could play well. Um, so that is my pick, Nellie Corda. How about you? Excellent pick. I think she probably should have won last year, kind of stalled in the final round last year and probably walked away thinking she let one go. My pick is another player that probably should have won last year, and that's a Taya Titicool. She was 10 under par with five to go, doubled 18. 
10 under par wins the golf tournament. I think that's another player that maybe gets some redemption. So Nelly and Ataya are our picks for the first major. Let's go. Let's go. All right, moving on. My dog is so I will also update, I guess, for me for 2024 is that I got a dog and my husband is out of town. And managing this puppy situation, he's he's ringing the bell. He wants to go outside, but he's just going to have to wait. <laughs> he's real Ralph cute to look at, but he's just a lot. Yes. So the U.S. Women's Open will be our next major championship at Lancaster Country Club. Super excited about. Um, it is the, it, the last time we were there, I believe, was 2015. And the community just like really shows out for this event. So I'm excited for it to come back. I'm saying um, Lydia Ko. She finished T12 the last time it was there. She certainly was a lot younger. And that was when she like had her amateur wins. Um, but I think she could play well here. How about you? Yeah. Love it. I think she's due. Um, I'll get into that in a second. My pick is Brooke Henderson. She was fourth in 2015 at Lancaster Country Club. Three straight top 15s at U.S. Women's Opens. Trending in a nice direction there. I'll, yeah. uh, I'll go with Brooke. So Lydia and Brooke are the official picks for the Women's Open at Lancaster. Okay. Moving on to the KPMG Women's PGA at Sahali Country Club. Before we get into it, do you have any knowledge of this course? I like that. This is a golf course. I first remember as a kid, Vijay Singh won a PGA championship yeah. there. It's in Seattle area. Big, big towering trees. Very kind of quintessential Pacific Northwest feel. Yeah. Um Brooke Henderson won there in 2016. I don't know if it's a course that's maybe a little shorter, and that's why it's maybe fallen off the, the, the men's rotations, but I think this is a very cool visual golf course. Uh, I like this event. Like I said, we've talked a lot about how great this event has elevated. I think this is a really good venue. Take a major to an area of the country that doesn't get a lot of major championship golf. So I'm excited about what Sahali has to offer. Yep, completely agree. I like the idea of going to the Pacific Northwest. We we tend to get fun tournaments out of those, so should be good. My pick is um, Ayaka Fudaway. I know Grant Boone says it a lot prettier than I do, but I think I was pretty close to that pronunciation. It sounded really good. Thank you so much. Who is your pick? Uh, well, like I said, Brooke won in 2016. Lydia Ko was second. Um, yep. Fun fact. Not a fun fact, but a fun fact. Uh, Lydia had no top 30s in majors last year. Wow. Um, very surprising. I think she had two missed cuts out of the five. But I will take Lydia Ko, Revenge Spot, Pacific Northwest. I'm going to take Lydia to win at Sahali in the Women's KPMG PGA Championship. Love it. I was trying to decide if I should we should actually give Evian the time of day as a major, but I just feel like, you know, we're we're gonna be friends wow. of the LPGA. I know. We're gonna be friends yeah. of the LPGA and do it. <laughs> um, and I am going to say that Celine Boutier is going to defend her title. I think that's the benefit of going back to the same course every year, is you know, she's played it multiple times. She, I mean, I'm sure she enjoys it. But now that she's a defending champion, she's got good memories. Um, but I love your pick, so you go ahead. Yeah, my pick, again, my picks are super homer picks. There tend to be players that I really <laughs> would like to see win or I believe will win. So I want to take Rose Zhang. It's her fourth appearance at this event. She had a top 10 last year. 
this feels like an event. I was looking at some of the winners lately, even going back to like Angela Stanford, going all the way back to players like Natalie Golbus won here. It's mm. an event that feels like it produces like a first time major winner. Like it opens a pathway to future major success. To me, it kind of feels like, okay, Rose gets a win here and then that takes the monkey off her back and she kind of continues to, to greater success. So I'll take okay. Rose in her fourth appearance at the Evian Resorts, Evian Lebes or whatever they call it. Very <laughs> marginal golf course. Very, but no, I think that'd be fun. I, I That kind of checks out to me as well. Um, and then we will end the major season with a bang at the AIG Women's Open at St. Andrews. I really wish I was going to this, to be honest. Um, and my pick is Charlie Hall. She's a bomber. I feel like she's just going to like bomb it up to every green, essentially, and just like roll it up there. Um, shy kids don't get sweets, I believe is what she said at the Women's Open. And I think that's what she's going to come out with at St. Andrews. But what do you got? Yeah, I also picked Charlie. So technically now we only have nine picks, which probably wasn't good for our success rate. But, no. um, you know, the winners at St. Andrews in the Women's Open, Lorena Ochoa, Stacey Lewis, those are pretty high profile names. Um, Charlie's track record is not good at this championship, but I just feel like it, it it's trending to like a big time European winner winning at St. Andrews feels like that would make a lot of sense. Like you said, she's a power player and you know, we've seen, you know, Rory's played well here. So I think a power player feels like that's the right fit, but you know, what an awesome way to end the women's yeah. major season. Um, I like our picks. What do you think quickly about, I mean, if you had to kind of grade the major venues, I mean, how would you, there's some good, some bad, some, you know, I, I guess, you know, the Chevron and Evian are kind of permanent locations right now. But when you look at the women's open, the KPMG and St. Andrews as, as the three kind of rotating sites, how do you feel about those here in 2024? I think it's a pretty solid year for um, women's golf majors. Um, I mean, I'm most excited to watch the women on St. Andrews, kind of like I was for them to be playing Mirfield a few years ago. Um, and But Lancaster, I did get to go to that um, U.S. Women's Open the last time I was there. Um, and it was a, like a super fun atmosphere. I just think like that area in the summertime is really fun. Um, so I am going to say like in order of those three, I'm most excited for St. Andrews, Lancaster, and then Sahali. Yeah, I think it's a very, very solid major yeah. championship lineup. I think St. Andrews obviously elevates it. If it was, if that event was, you know, at a lesser of the links uh, or UK courses, I think it would lower it. Um, you know, Sahali, I think brings a lot of neat, um, you know, pictures, social media stuff that's going to come out. It's very scenic. Yeah. And I think with Lancaster, when you get these clubs that, embrace women's golf similar to what we see you know when the events come to toledo or these smaller communities um you see a lot of just passion a lot of excitement where some of the bigger venues that get more events don't necessarily have the same energy even though the golf course might be better received i think you saw that a little bit with baltus roll last year um where you had a major, you know, the KPMG was at Baltus Roll. That's a venue that's hosted so many events. 
that it doesn't mm-hmm. quite get the crowd, doesn't quite get the local enthusiasm as a course like Lancaster that, you know, who knows how many more major championships they will host. So I think you'll get right. a good environment. But to me, this is a solid, you know, B plus, A minus type rotation that those in charge should be very proud of. Yeah, agreed. And also this year we have the Solheim Cup. I'm I believe that the reasoning for it is they want to get off off the Ryder Cup year. So they did yep. have it last year. They're hosting it again this year. Correct me if I'm wrong. Stacy Lewis is the captain again, right? I believe the captains are sticking the same from last yeah. year. Yes, last year, especially since there was a tie. Um, it's funny, you know. When we hosted in Toledo, it was right before the Ryder Cup. And I thought the Solheim Cup helped build some momentum and being tied into the Ryder Cup. But a lot of people just feel the Ryder Cup is so big and such a monster that they want to get away from it. And maybe from a, a scheduling TV media allocation time, that's true. So they want to get, you know, back to even years while the Ryder Cup's in odd and We'll see how that goes. I do think the the back to back is is strange because you just yeah. you know went through this, but you don't want to skip a two year term. So yeah, Robert Trent Jones Golf Club in Virginia. Um, a lot of people might remember this course. It's hosted multiple Presidents Cups in ninety four, ninety six, and two thousand, and it also hosted one of Tiger Woods's Quick and Loans events in twenty fifteen. So yeah. Uh, right outside of DC, high level membership should be a uh, a great event. And you know, like I said, we both love the Solheim Cup. I know, I know. I'm I'm trying to decide if I can get out for it. I think that'd be awesome. Um, and yeah, so we'll keep an eye on that all season long. Kind of see like who's within the team or not. Each of the te- each of the teams, the European team and the US team, have different qualifications for getting in. So we'll keep an eye on it all season. Um, so. W- Outside of the majors and the Solheim Cup, which LPGA tournament are you most looking forward to? So I obviously have bias because I didn't note that the Dana Open here in Greater Toledo, Ohio is back at Highland Meadows. That was an event I was able to get a, a media credential thanks to you for and had a great time covering that event. But you I think at the end job. of the day, <laughs> I did my best. All I can, all you can ask for is your best. But that's right. Um, the event that I'm most excited about, and unfortunately, it's the the last of the majors, is the Open Championship at the Old Course. I just think when there's golf at the Old Course, it just it's very special. Starting in the town, playing out, playing back in, everybody off the first tee, long days, lots of coverage on TV. It's just a very, very special experience. I'm super excited. This is the third time now the Women's Open Championship will be there. And I'm sure the players are super amped up about it. And that's definitely the event for me that, you know, you will earmark and want to make sure you tune in for. And I love morning golf when things are going on in Europe. Coffee golf. We love it. Um, I would say my... I'm looking most forward to, um, I like if I'm not going to be there and I get to just like watch it on TV, the Mizuho America's Open at Liberty National. Um, I like the course. I love all the players love being there. Michelle Wee West is the host. So you know that the players are always getting good hospitality added. Um, and last year, Rosang won her in her first start as a professional. And uh, I think 
I would love to see her defend her title, but that's a lot of pressure. So um, I think I, I like the event and I think they do a good job. And I think it's like one of those things where it can kind of be a model tournament for others to continue to improve. Yeah. And it's a great venue, great site. There's been a lot of big events there. FedEx yep. Cup events, you know, Michelle, yep. we stepped up President's and being super Cup. involved in that event. It's it's a really good event and yeah, hard to argue with who the champion was last year. All right. And then we're going to end the pod with some quick news and notes. I am first up the match. Um, this will be the first, I think the first time that it's including LPGA tour players and Rose Zhang and Lexi Thompson will be joining Rory McIlroy and Max Homa. The biggest difference is typically the matches between two teams of two. They are having all four of these players compete against each other. Um, it's going to be a 12 hole skins. I think it's great that they've moved this to 12 holes. It gets a little boring after a period of time. Um, um, and yeah, it's just, I think it's going to be a fun event. I mean, I'll be curious to see like what personalities shine. I know you and I were texting about that a little bit. Um, what are your thoughts? I think it's really good. I mean, Rory, obviously we know has a good personality, isn't afraid to be outspoken. He's done these type of things before, so he'll get the vibe and probably kind of lead the charge from an entertainment perspective. Max Homa, you know, start out as the swing guy kind of on Twitter and roast my swing. And he's great too. So I think they will draw and bring more out of Rose and Lexi. I don't think either of them are naturally, you know, the the funny, you know, angel yin type personalities that you sure. see, but I think they're the right fit for this event from Americans with star power and star potential. Um, so I think if they kind of rely on Rory and Max to kind of draw it out, I think the banter will be really good. I think the par three aspect is great. Like you said, it'll be quick. It'll be easy. Um, it's a nice change. You know, they've tried to kind of toy around with this with celebrities, with playing in Vegas. I think this is a nice change. Kind of tying in, I mentioned earlier, with the Grant Thornton event. I think was a big success the end of last year. Just trying to create a little more continuity. Golf is so fragmented right now on the men's side. Um, I think it's good to try to get some some additional cohesiveness between men's and women's golf. Yeah, no, agreed. I think it'll be really fun to watch. Some um, other news and notes will be the LPGA LET merger. Honestly, like I don't have an, I don't know enough to to share a whole lot here. It's just something to certainly keep an eye on. They were supposed to vote on it last year um, for the LPGA and the LET to merge. There was conversation of certain like cards being on the line for L- LET players to get onto the LPGA tour. It's kind of inside baseball, but it's something for us to certainly keep an eye on and talk about in the future. Yeah, and I think it works. It's working, I believe, from the DP World Tour, the Men's European Tour to the PGA Tour of giving people the opportunity to earn status on what's perceived to be the better tour. Um, it's hard to get on the LPGA Tour. We know that if the LET can provide a pathway that adds more players, adds you know a younger group of players from an area that maybe don't have the access to get to the LPGA tour. Yeah. I think it's a great idea. Awesome. And then the last news and notes, cause it just made me laugh is that Lexi Thompson is the new face of max fly. When was the last time you played a max fly ball? So I'm 
fairly older than you. I remember playing like a Max Fly extra spin ball as a kid. And it was like the one ball because you weren't generating a whole lot of speed that you could actually kind of get to check a little bit and stop. Um, full transparency. Full transparency. Yes. I did not know Max Fly still existed. existed. Yeah. Like for real. Like if I saw Max yeah. Fly golf balls, I would presume they were like deep discount golf balls that were like a co-branded type deal that I mean, I don't I don't know. I play at a wide diverse range of golf courses. Yeah. I, I feel like I'm fairly in tune with golf balls and equipment. I did not know that the Max Fly ball was a real thing. Now because this other company is this. This could be Bridgestone, you know, or Callaway, or someone else makes the ball, I and know, they I just brand Yeah, I, I, I don't know, but yes, I I saw the picture of her holding the Max Fly ball and thought this was like a 1993 like revamp or something. So that was my story about Max. There's you probably you're young enough. You probably never played a Max Fly golf ball. Really I don't think late. I did. The only reason I might have is like if my dad bought me like pink ones for Christmas because he would do that. Did he like loved. It might be. They might have made the noodle. I don't know if they still do, but I feel like that might have been a, a Max Fly ball. But yeah, a pink Max Fly or the noodle. But yeah, yeah. totally caught off guard with that one. I know. I know. Well, that just about covers it. 37 minutes. Look at us. Hey, we hit a lot of range of topics, trips, fitness goals, high school golf, major championship predictions. Really ran the full gamut in this 37 minutes. Pretty efficient. Who knows when we'll do You'll probably now. This is great for you. You now have like a month long break where you can dodge me and we don't have to do another one of these. <laughs> Don't, this is not on me, and this will be our year-long argument, and I just can't wait for us to argue about when we record these again, and who right. drops out on who. <laughs> no, who reached out and said, hey, we should do one of these. Do you have 39 minutes to spare? I know, and well, we also need to figure out... I mean, I guess we can end the podcast. Thank you, everybody, for joining. Justin and I are going to figure out when to do this podcast. Um, you know, just so you know, like, as you can tell, it's not going to be this routine thing. Don't expect it every Monday. Um, but we will certainly let you know when we're recording and when they're published. So thank you for joining. Thank you, Abby. Have a wonderful day. and Good luck playing golf today. Thank you. Thank you.